This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Blackhawk Up Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch, Patrick McGann, and Jeremiah Lee. Welcome back to the Black Hawk Up Podcast. I am Jimmy Lynch alongside Patrick McGann and Jeremiah Lee. Uh, the boys are all back. How's everyone doing? Could be doing better. That game against the Rangers was not the best showing by the Blackhawks at all. Yeah, you know, I guess uh, it's it's good to be back, uh, but I I guess not much has changed since I left. Huh? <laughs> True. Yeah. I'll say this. I was at the Hawks game tonight and um, out of everyone here, I think I'll be the positive one tonight because I had a really fun time at that game Um, going into it. I knew I, or I just said to myself, you know, Artemi Panarin is a point away from reaching 500. Um, He's probably going to get that. And then some tonight, Uh, it was fun watching him play the Hawks. You know, they scored a couple goals, which was great. Um, Overall, the first period and a half, it was, it was a really enjoyable game. And then, Obviously, the everyone's thinking about him, everyone's praying for him. Jujar Kiara um, gets hit by Jacob Truba and is stretchered off the ice. It was a really tough thing to see live. The arena just got so quiet until a New York Rangers fan started saying stupid stuff, and then they had to kind of toss him out of the area. So that got a little bit of applause, but it was a very scary thing seeing uh, Jacob Truba lay out a big hit like that all the players start to fight and then just all of them basically at the same time, look over and see that he's not moving. And they're like, just, just pull it back. We got to like, we can fight later. Let's just make sure this guy's okay. Jeremiah, when you were watching the game, what, what were your thoughts as you saw that play go down? I can see it both ways, but in my opinion, there should have been at least an elbowing penalty on the play. I saw a slight chicken wing by Chuba and I thought that would have been enough to, get the elbowing because it wasn't the shoulder, it was the elbow. So I feel like that was the principal point of contact for him. And it was ahead, even though Kara started, started uh, folding over a little bit as like a natural reaction towards getting towards the possibility of getting hit. But even so, I feel like there should have been at least a minor penalty on that play. Hopefully Carl's okay. I'm pretty sure we'll figure out more tomorrow, but I, I don't like the hit. I don't like there wasn't a penalty. I like Stillman's react. Uh, answer to it other than that though i don't really i I really don't like that the nhl is still allowing hits that high up yeah this is this is getting to a ridiculous point now i mean the nhl has done an awful job of setting the precedent for plays like this um they they only say the right they want to say the right things when stuff like this happens um and say you know, there's no place for this in the game, yada, yada, yada. But they've yet to really take this seriously, in my opinion. I'm obviously, you know, we're, we're talking from a Blackhawks standpoint. We're frustrated about it. Um, and we can even speak from the Marion Hosa hit years ago. Um, I remember that like it was yesterday. But the NHL, they need to take this seriously instead of suspending players for a couple of games because of this. I mean, we, we need to see – I mean, in my opinion, if, you, if, you, if someone is structured off the ice – and you don't, you should get at least 20 games. And like, that's, that, that's like on the low end of it, in my opinion, um, we need to eliminate this from the sport. And the only way you're going to do it is by actually taking accountability. And uh, hopefully we can see that here with Troba. But at the end of the day, we all, we all hope that um, uh, any player affected by a hit like this is okay. And it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's frustrating to see, especially on your own team. Uh, Jonathan's Jonathan taste had this to say, talking to reporters, Personally, I was pretty shaken up. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just glad to hear he's doing okay. Yeah, it sucks. That happens sometimes. Um, I, I'm really kind of shocked that, like, seeing that hit go down and then seeing him not move for however many minutes he was laying there, it just seemed like he, it, it was it was pretty quiet. And the players, all, all the Hawks players got on the ice and they were all kind of taking a knee. And I really thought for a, a couple minutes that that game was going to get postponed. Um Sometimes when stuff like you, that happens, and you, it's you happened before, it. you happen. Yeah. But I, was it, I, um, 
Who was it on the Dallas Stars who had the collapsed, uh, who collapsed with the heart condition? That was the St. Louis Blues against the Anaheim Ducks, I believe. Um, it, it was, was, uh, there was a, yeah, Jay Bomeister. It might also happen in Dallas, but the one I'm thinking yeah, of, but I only know Jay Bomeister's. Yeah. yeah, Jay Bomeister with the or, um, Blues. That uh, happened. Flyers goaltender collapsing. Right. Those are like the only two that I remember, but. With I think the one with the one heart issue was postponed, though, if I remember correctly. That yes. game oh, I, yeah. I also vaguely remember one with the Dallas Stars, Pat. I think yeah, me yeah, too, yeah. but I don't remember who it was. Yeah, but you know when it, it's it's kind of a it's a really tough thing to see because you you just also remember that all these guys are also just you know human they're beings. they're human beings and at yeah. the end of the day they're all just playing a sport they like to play you know and right um, even even after the hit. I heard on a broadcast that the New York Rangers camera, like the broadcast was just on Truba after the hit. And he, apparently he looked visually shaken up after that. And um, it's, it's a, it's a really tough, tough play to watch. It's a tough, uh, um, it, I mean, it, I it really did kill the Hawks momentum in the game, but that's really not what matters. Yeah. It, I, I'm really shocked that that game kind of finished up after that. Cause I, I feel like all the people in the stands and, all those players, I think they really just wanted to hear how he was doing. Um, right, absolutely. In those situations, you the game no longer becomes the most important thing. And uh, I remember that with Marion Hosa as well. You know, yeah, after that, you're just like, I don't even care if we win this game. We just need yeah. to make sure that this guy is going to be able to play the game he loves again. Not even that, but just be able to live a normal life. Uh, here's what Derek right. King has. Also, Kara's second hit too. Like this mm-hmm. is his second gigantic hit, right? It is uh, like in what two years. Mm-hmm. And you saw his head. It bounced off the ice like it was a basketball. Like that. That's not. That's not a good thing. He was knocked yeah. down on his way down, and that's never a good thing to see. Here's what uh, um, Derek King had to say: It's never something you want to see with any player. Doesn't matter who it is, the other team or your team. But he's up. He's talking. He's very responsive. I think he wants to get back on the ice. Um, that's obviously some positive stuff. I think we'll. We're definitely that. I think um, we won't be seeing him on the ice for a bit and we're definitely all thinking of him and hopefully we hear more tomorrow and we'll definitely be updating you on it. And just one more thing though, but you, you just the risk going back to what I said originally, just the responses are, are awful. Like Jonathan Taze, it happens sometimes like, no, it shouldn't happen at, at all. Like that's, and, and Derek King's response as well. Like um, obviously it's good. He'd be good with caring about his well being and everything, but, there needs to be something said about why aren't we talking about why this should be eliminated from the game? Why are we saying it happens sometimes? We need to be talking about getting rid of this from the game. Pocky. Yeah. I, it's a tough, I know we talked a little bit before we started recording, but that play itself. Yes, it was. The hit ended up being pretty bad, obviously, you know, that no one's going to argue that, but whether or not that like, you know, Truba started to come in with the hit, and at a point he he had to commit to it. And um, it while it is, I'd say partly a dirty hit. And obviously, if someone gets that injured, yeah, you sh- he should definitely get kind of tossed from the game or a suspension, even if it's not that big of a suspension. Um, sometimes when you have guys skating around on an ice that fast, it's it really is hard to see hits like that occur, um, even if it is kind of legal or if it's the you know, right play at the wrong time type of thing. It just, you never, you never want to see a guy get injured, even if it is you're not your team. You know, it's, everyone always makes a big deal during the playoffs. Oh, it's a long series. So the hit that they throw on game one really could come back into play on game three or game four, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But you never want to see a guy get hurt. These, these are players. These are men that I hitting obviously is a thing in hockey and all that. And even after that hit occurred, right away all those players kind of started to jump on top of each other fighting. And then they looked over and just see this guy on the ice. And then they realized like, Oh, well, this isn't really what matters right now. It's just making sure this guy gets okay. So then they all kind of cleared up and stopped right away. Um, Yeah. I know this is just going on a different kind of tangent, but it's, it's just such a tough thing to see on a tough night. And it's unfortunate that it is something that occurs a little bit more frequently than it should. Like I said, the suspensions are just—they're—it's a joke. He'll get it. He'll get two games. Not even. Maybe he might even maybe just one find game. like five thousand. Yeah. Something. Like get a Tom Wilson. Treatment. The league, the league, the Department of Player Safety is literally a joke. They don't do anything. 
for this league. It's it's a joke. It's, it's just their show pretending right. that they care. Exactly. Exactly. And it's they have show. like and it's it's uh I remember the New York Rangers complained about it and then they yeah. said we'll never allow anybody to badmouth an NHL official. And I'm like, well then let them tell them to do their job, man. Like that's not that's not safe. That's so no matter what it is, that's just dangerous. This hit, true is probably not even gonna get fined, maybe not even a suspension. But I, I'm just like this this player safety is not even player safety. It's just there to make themselves feel better and pretend they right. care. It's exactly it's, it's, it's such a joke. I need more better myself. That is a perfect statement. I mean, it's it's there for show. It's there because they right. almost have to have it and it's it's a joke. I mean, when have we ever seen a suspension that people were like, yeah, that like that's fitting. I mean, that's very rare. It's very you see rare. a guy get for a big hit, like you were saying, Jeremiah with Tom Wilson, all that sort of thing. Like it's, it's a joke. It is, it is a literal joke. And obviously at the end of the day, you hope the player's okay. No matter what situation, like we were saying, your team, the other team. Um, but yeah, just, the it's a joke. That's what bad part about the NHL, obviously, but like I like physicality. You guys all know this. I love it when people like they're passionate about that game and they hit each other to get the puck. They're very like like hard nose, get in there, get the work done. But I draw the line when it comes to potential concussion, right? Yeah. Like potential right. like severe head injury or any kind of severe like life life altering injury. Absolutely. Like clean hits. If you like clean hits, I'm nothing against, right? That's just hockey. But when you target the head and you can see principal contact to the head, I just think that's too much. Like that's that shouldn't be a thing in hockey anymore. Absolutely, preach. I mean, that's you're 100 right, Jeremiah. That's 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 it. I mean, that's just it. When you play the game of hockey the way it's meant to be played, and you play it clean, there really is. Obviously, you get you can get injured, but like the the hits you're throwing on, you know, you finish your hit at the, the like the biggest hit you should see in hockey is you know finishing your check on the board sometimes and you can make right. a bigger hit to get that, that to get that momentum. But a hit like this, that's not giving anyone momentum. That's just, it's ridiculous. And uh, right. Like he, like as soon as you get the head involved, like a concussion is not just a, a little period of your life sort of thing. And that's right. it. Like that sort of stuff comes back later right. in your life and it gives you brain issues. I mean, you see it in the NFL, obviously this is a different situation, but if you get a bad enough concussion, that's coming back. That's, right. I mean, that's, that's something that you, you, that you have to deal with the rest of your life. And, um, you know, obviously they're out there and it's all about the money and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, you got to start caring about who these people are. They're all, I mean, they're human. It's sometimes hard to believe because they're, uh, you know, amazing at the sport. They're superstars, whatever, but they are human beings just like we are at the end of the day. And right. their well being is just as important as anybody else's. It's a, it's just a, horrible situation and it's uh something that hopefully Kiara will be back and hopefully um, yeah i mean hopefully we won't see another injury like that and hopefully there'll be some kind of repercussions to truba with a fine or a suspension or something along those lines obviously we'll have to wait and see what happens in the next day or so um but i think you know i think we have to try and talk about the game a little bit and try and talk about um, some positives and some negatives just from the performance on the ice as well. Um, you know, Jeremiah, do you want to kick us off with uh, a positive? I know, I know you have some negatives prepared, but let's hear a positive. I, my first positive is that the Blackhawks are in it very, very much so in the first um, period and a half. I could not they agree. Were, they're playing with the Rangers, which are a top-tier team, no matter what people say about them. The Rangers are a top-tier team. They have everything they need to win, and they go out there and win. The fact that the Blackhawks were able to play with them until this came up was a very good sign, especially with Derek King, because we always think Derek King's just going to be an interim coach. I do think he can actually be the head coach moving forward because he's doing an extremely good job with these guys. But once that once that hit came, I I didn't think that they had any more energy. They didn't have any more of a desired play. But before that hit, they were doing very, very well. They got their chances. They converted on their chances. I was shocked about the Gustafson goal. But after that, I don't think they wanted to play after Carr got injured. Let's let's actually you mentioned his name, but I wanna I wanna talk more about him. Eric Gustafson. Um such an underrated ash. I I know 
You know, I'm, I'm smirking right now because I think we've all been haters of Eric Gustafson in the past, myself included. Oh, yeah. I know I've definitely written some articles about him, but the guy has turned it around this year. He um, is so much better than I thought, honestly. You know, <laughs> I thought of him as a guy who would actually be able to add and be effective on both sides of the, of the ice. He makes mistakes here and there, but who doesn't? But even so, I'm like, wow, that shot. That shows why he's on the team. Tonight alone, he, he was fucking Vernon offense. Tonight alone, he was third on the team in ice time with uh, 21 minutes and 10 seconds. Um, he Corsi percentage, he was at 55.26%. Really strong numbers. And, you know, he's he's been pretty good the past couple of games. And um, I know, like, for a while, even myself included, I kind of just was – I, I was looking past the positives. You know what I mean? I was just always remembering Eric Gustafson. He's slow. He's not good defensively. Right. And um, I'd rather have Kelly Nook and Mitchell and all these different guys in over here. Um, yeah. But I have to say. <sighs> he's so impressive right now. He's uh, that's probably been one of the biggest things. Derek King and. Um, Mark Crawford and the coaching staff has done now is they've seen to actually get him on board defensively. And they've like, just more about you can take chances, but take them at the right time and you're right. going to get your chances, but just stay back and, you know, try and do what you can defensively. Cause for a long time, early on this season, their biggest issue was it, it would just take one mistake from him in like the neutral zone for them to end up like going the other way and getting a bad goal. Um, right. And it, it was it was great to see him today actually you know be a be a big contributor and he's been doing it recently and hopefully he can keep doing it i i, I don't know i i don't know what they're gonna do with them pat do you do you think you keep him in the lineup do you try and trade him once like well, you get all these guys i, I just want to well just like build off before i answer that just build off of the fact that like since the last time i've been here at least obviously it's been a long time he obviously Gustafson already making we were just talking about him making it a huge change. Also, someone who's really turned it on, which obviously to be expected as he should have, but still a very big positive for the Blackhawks. Seth Jones leads the team in assists with 19. I mean I am I'm also I've, always, I've been on the Jones train for a while. I've been on the Jones trade. I mean, they I, I, I know you have. Been. So I know you have. I, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm, I'm sitting happy right now. I, I hope that is known. There were a lot of haters. I, I honestly would include myself in that sub bracket. I was, but, but I mean, like he's, he's starting to look like what the Blackhawks brought him here to do. He's been a really good playmaker for the Hawks as a defenseman. I mean, you know, 19 assists, three goals and 19 assists. Talk about a generous player. Um, obviously, the plus minus not really. You know, he's minus nine, so he's out there for a lot. But I mean, he's also logging an absurd amount of minutes as well per night. It's so that was also to be expected. But yeah, literally he plays half the game. He, he actually half plays the half the game. That's insane. But just like, I just want to get mention him in there too. I mean, he is, he's really starting to look good for the Hawks. I know Jimmy's he's smirking over there, but um, <laughs> credit where credit's due, Mr. Lynch. I, can I just say this? Like, I, I do think at times during the season and course of the course over the next couple of years, Jones's numbers are going to like go up and down and kind of be fluctuating a little bit, but I will say this. I always think he is one of the team's most reliable defensemen on the ice. And I, it makes sense what John Tortorella was saying last season, where it was like, we, we aren't, we aren't playing that good, but he has always been like the hardest working player on the ice. You have a right. guy who can play 25 to like 30 minutes a night. Like, yes, fine. When the team is not that good, which I mean, unfortunately the team is not that good right now he is still doing that. And then once this team gets better over the course of the next nine years that he's here, like he's only, he's only going to get better once the team's there. You know what I mean? Like once he has more right. people to play with, um, which I Let's feel not forget yeah. that the shutdown pair was not even playing again. Ex exactly. The shutdown pair has been gone for two games. Let me, can I go longer? It. Yeah. I was just going to say, like you were saying, Jim, like in the heart of his contract, the Blackhawks, you know, obviously when you sign that big of a contract, like we've seen with some of the Blackhawks players, I mean, kind of different to compare because they signed longer contracts than Seth Jones. But towards the tail end, obviously it starts, you know, I mean, every big contract towards the end, it starts looking like a bad deal because the player regresses, yada, yada. 
But towards that middle portion of Seth Jones's contract, the Hawks are poised for for you know a franchise league defenseman right there who who can really carry your team. And by that time, hopefully the Blackhawks have have built that around. And we've talked about it on the show before the defensive core of the Blackhawks are, are growing right now or they're homegrown yeah. it. And uh, in a couple of years, like Jimmy always says, I mean, this defense could be scary good. And that, that makes me want to like segue over to this a little bit. Ian Mitchell and Wyatt, how do I pronounce his last name? I think Jeremiah. Oh, Kalinuk? Kalinuk. Kalinuk. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Kalinuk. Uh, why Kalinuk and Ian Mitchell? Like pronounce it. Did I mispronounce? Yeah, 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 no, let's forget that happened. I'm just just keep going, man. Let's go. Let's keep, let's keep it up. Um, well, no, I said the name earlier, and then Jeremiah said something. I was like, wait, did I say it wrong or whatever? I, I know I've been yeah, mispronouncing. Was, was bad, um, there are definitely names that I just read, and I'm definitely mispronouncing it in my head, but I, I won't know better until I get, you know, Jonathan, that Tobes guy, whatever. He seems pretty good. Um, but why Kelly not going to Ian Mitchell? You know, today might not have been their best game, but even early on in the game, I just was watching them play, and I was like, wow, like, these guys are finally here. They're these younger guys that spend a lot of the year in Rockford, like Ian Mitchell did. He's kind of here now, and he seems to have a little bit more confidence. He played 18 minutes tonight. Um, You know, he was a minus four, but... (laughs) I think... I think a good thing with Mitchell, which again we we talked about on the show a lot or on, in the early goings, is like he was brought up with so much pressure on him. Yes, like and way too early came up, r- way too early, right? And now, too now early. obviously, part of the part of the reason why it's you know, the, and I, maybe I'll get some backlash for this from viewers or maybe even some of you t- or you two, but um, part of the part of the good thing about having a team that's that's kind of not regressing, but a team that's not playing very well is there's no pressure. This kid could come up and, you know, take his time, bring him up at the right time. And, and, you know, obviously you never want to make a mistake when you play, but mistakes always happen. And it's good for him to be up now uh, as opposed to last year when there was pressure in the year before and all that sort of thing. It, it's, it's good that he has his time to do that. And I feel like a lot of these young guys in the Hawks, now that there's not as much pressure to win. Um, and obviously, I mean, it's the NHL, obviously there's pressure all the time, but you know what I mean? Like there's not, right. it's not like the Blackhawks are really competing for, a lot right now. And it's like, it's okay, well, let's see what, what, let's see what we can make work. Let's see who we can make work. And I mean, I get, that's basically what we're going to see the rest of the way. Right. And we've also and, seen Ian Mitchell with his uh, decision-making. His decision-making yes. is so much better now. So much like, better. He's not forcing the play at all. He's smart with the puck. He's smart in what he wants to do with this, with the puck before he makes the play. He doesn't just go up there with the puck anymore thinking something has to happen every shift. He's just patient you now, like a defenseman should be. And when the chances come, he goes out and tries to convert on the chance. But he's not recklessly trying to convert an offense anymore. And that's amazing for his development as a defenseman. That's why I feel like these young guys need so much more time in Rockford than what they got, right? Everybody, not just not just Ian Mitchell, but Adam Boquist and Kirby Doc had to spend time in the minors. Had to, but they didn't. Like they were immediately brought up and forced to go into the into this. But Ian Mitchell is such a good example of why the AHL is so important and why it needs to have so much effort from the NHL squad put into the minor league. You need a good coach, right? You need a good like support staff around you. You need a good player development staff. You need everybody to help you rebuild. You don't need this as a competitive as a contending team because you got that already, right? These guys are winners. They want to win. They can win. They're good enough to win. But when you're rebuilding, you need to invest in your future. But I don't think the Hawks did that fast enough. But I'm glad that I'm seeing the fruits of their, the fruits to labor right now. Let's talk about one of the players you just mentioned there, Kirby Doc. Um, he had a goal tonight, pretty good goal. I thought it was a good good, good one. Um, towards the top of the team in ice time tonight with 18 minutes and 38 seconds. Um, it's great seeing him on the power play now. Whether or not the power play is actually working, I feel like there's one position I want to talk about on the power play. Um, oh, but let's talk about that. <laughs> but Doc right now, I feel like his he still needs to shoot the puck more. Um, he needs to get better in the face off that. And whether or not that comes eventually, we'll see. But it's I know that obviously it would in a in a perfect world you would put Kirby Doc in the AHL and let him like develop there for a bit. But if they're not gonna do that, it, it is nice that at least today he finally got a goal and now he's chasing his fifth one instead of like just being stuck at less on the year, but 
to segue to that other part of the power play, Jonathan Taze. Um, Jeremiah, was that what you were going to go for there? Is that what you wanted to talk about? Because that's what I want. I am very much so con- uh, confused in what they were doing with the first power play unit tonight. I didn't see them. Oh, Jonathan Taze, I feel like, should still be on the first power play unit, but he should be in, the guy in front of the net, not the guy driving the play down low. I think that that should be Dylan Strong or Patrick Kane. Or yeah. Patrick Kane should be working down low behind the net, which is Wayne Gretzky's office. And they should have Dominic Kubalik and Alistair Brinkett on their, off, on their offside on both ends of the face-off circles. That's my dreams. That's what I would want them to do. Because you have so many more options. You got Seth Jones with the slapper at the point. Alex Brinkett with the slapper on the left face-off circle. Dominic Kubalik with the slapper on the right face-off circle. And you got Jonathan Taze for a bumper play. But yeah. they're not doing that. They're setting, They're putting Alex Brinkett out there for 40 seconds on the power play. Like, I don't understand that at all. Because you got you have so many good guys on your team, but you're just not letting them play on the power play where they should be. The, like putting Taze over in like the basically like an Ovechkin slot where he's just kind of kind of there for a one timer over on the right, side. Right, that too. It I didn't. Did, I don't understand that. He was on the wrong side too. Like the way he was angled, it wouldn't have worked. I, I right. don't understand if if they had just switched up the power play unit a little bit and put out keep Alex at where they put Taze. I would have no issue, but it's not working. Even that top line itself right now, the Jonathan Taze, Brandon Hagel, and Patrick Kane line. They need to switch everything up right now. They had a combined three shots on goal tonight. Taze had zero shots on goal. Um, it's, okay. I know Taze, Taze brings a lot to the team. I'm never going to complain about Jonathan Taze on the Blackhawks, but I, I am going to say he's no goal so far and just a lack of kind of like offensive production, even just not even not even being able to register a shot on goal tonight playing with Patrick Kane for the majority of the night. That is definitely something that they got to – they got to fix. They got to find a way to make him more productive offensively. And I feel like when you talk about why the Blackhawks aren't winning games, there's a lot of different things. It's the offense that isn't there. And that offense that is missing is definitely that, that line, like a line of right. Jonathan Tazes to do it. Um, right. I think Keenan Debrinka should be back together next game. Yeah. That's my, that's what I think should happen. They should, be, it should be Strom Debrinka Kane for second line at least. If not first, you know what? But. What hurts a lot too, which is kind of it's not off subject too much, but just seeing Panarin with the with the Rangers, and when it was with the Blue Jackets, it was it was bad too. But now with the Rangers, how the Rangers have, you know, look at the other side of where the Blackhawks kind of want to be, and you know, Panarin. We had Panarin, and you know, and I, yeah, he, you know, look how offensive, look how he, look at his offensive production. I mean, he's he's a, obviously a a uh, really good player, and uh, I thought that would be a good segue into talking about how we miss guys like him. But obviously, you know, things had to be done back then to stay competitive. And hindsight's twenty twenty, but still, you know, Pat, I, I'm I'm banking on you not reading my article today when I ask you this question. Um, do you remember Artemi Panarin's first point in the NHL? Uh, if you told me, I think I would remember it. It was a goal on opening night. Uh, for the season back in 20. Oh, against the Rangers, 15. correct? It was against the Rangers. Yeah, I was there for that game. I yeah. was at that game. So yeah. I'm just saying it's it's kind of cool to see his first point being for the Blackhawks against the Rangers and his 500th point being for the Rangers against the Blackhawks. Against also, the Blackhawks. Yep. His, his first NHL hat trick was also against the Rangers. So that's another little thing there. Um, yeah, I mean, crazy how things turn yeah. out. Him and uh, – I see his name a lot. I see Table Teravainen's name a lot. Just all those players where, like Jimmy always says, like we could legitimately have a podcast and draft an all-star team of players the Blackhawks have traded away since 2010. That'd be fun to see that. We're we're definitely going to, like when we get to the Olympic break in the summer, we're going to have some fun stuff going on because that's that's literally the name of the we game. Could right literally, all three <laughs> could do a snake draft and we can literally draft a full hockey team of players that would be competitive and make a, like a good hockey. I mean, I, actually not all us three, but let's, in general. No, wait, let's each draft. Let's each draft like a threes tournament with those players. And then yeah. we'll, oh, that, we'll, we'll nice. let the readers decide whose team would win. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. In the prime. We'll in their prime. Not now. Oh. In their prime. We got to gotta do it in the prime, not just current. And, and like, I'd be interested to see, like, I'd be seriously interested to see how much money those players have made since. 
Like, look at uh, Dano yeah. now on the Kings, you know, oh, that true. sort of thing. Tavo's getting paid on the, the Hurricanes. Like, and obviously Panarin is what, like, I would be super intrigued to see how much money I mean, these players have made after leaving the Blackhawks. Let's also go back a little bit further. Andrew Ladd, Nick Letty. Um, Dustin right. Bufflin. Dustin Bufflin. Right. Yeah. I mean, these, these guys, guys made some money. Like, they need um, bank after they left. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it, it you know, obviously, because hey, the Blackhawks can, we were, you know. Another former Hawk, another former Hawk, though, that was actually at the game tonight, Nicholas Stomerson. So, hey, um, I, I would have him on my team. I know he might not be good in the threes tournament, but I draft overall, Stomerson. though, for the, for the, uh, oh, I draft all-time, so all-time Blackhawks. Yes. Yeah. He, um, he, he and Johnny Oduya would definitely be on that. They were the best shutdown pair I've ever I've seen in the Blackhawks. Did we trade Oduya though? We trade we let Oduya go in 2015 after the Stanley Cup. He signed with Dallas, but we didn't trade him. We did not trade him, but we traded for him. Jeremiah yeah. got to match the rules, man. It's or unfortunate, about, but we didn't trade him. You know, fine. Or, or Murphy's Law, the definition of Murphy's Law, trade away Trevor Daly, he goes and wins the Stanley Cup and has a fantastic year after leaving the Blackhawks. Okay, Jan uh, oh, so Ruda and, jeez, uh, uh, Michael Tampa Michael Tempney. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, Washington. No, Michael yeah, Tempney was with was, Washington. Michael and, Tempney was with Washington, and then yeah, Jan Ruda went to Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a stretch there. Actually, is it still going? The stretch of uh, – Defensemen leaving the team and winning championships. We have Washington, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. We're missing one with St. Louis, but it's true, uh, St. Louis. And then obviously, when when Jimmy's uh, Oilers win this year, we can say Keith, well, Jimmy Lynch Oil on White. That's a free advertisement, by the way. But uh, yeah, Duncan Keith. Uh, <laughs> Let's plug Jimmy's up their website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good old Oilers. They lost tonight to the Minnesota Wild. Um, Oh, it's okay. I don't have their three of the Don't stop now, Minnesota. Oh, my goodness. Losses Minnesota is so good right now. Can you imagine being a team where a loss actually matters? Like Edmonton lost a game, and it's like, oh, dang. Um, we're now like actually, second in the division I, instead I, of first. I can <laughs> imagine that because that was us, you know, seven, eight years ago. But fine. I remember how that felt. I remember that, how that felt. But nowadays it's like, oh, man. Minnesota. Four uh, years ago. Vegas is but, out of the playoffs. Yeah. Let's wait till they get Eichel back and Patriotti. And they think they, I think they just got Carlson back too. Um, gentlemen, gentlemen, and also listeners at home, everyone, uh, if you have not seen it yet, pull up the Anima, Anaheim Ducks game highlights. Did oh you guys see that goal? Oh my God. Oh, Zegris, right? Yes. Zegris is on. Yes. That no, was he's, clean. He has been this kid. Dynamite. Anaheim is Anaheim is they're back. I actually I shouldn't say they're back, but like dang, he, they, you can see the future with that team. Yeah, yeah. they're like I the mean, he is, He's going to be a, a franchise player. He's he's unreal. Those, the Anaheim Ducks are in such a good position right now because they let their guys pretty much just marinate in the minors. Get yeah, their skills and confidence up, ready to go. Zigris is insane right and now. They they have like I mean so like. Good. Troy Terry, that's a name I recognize from like such I think a the U.S. Olympic too. team. Uh, Zegras, that's a name I recognize, obviously, from the NHL draft. I mean, the, the, they got – I mean, they're going to be scared good again. Like they were, you know, when we used to play, uh, you know, and the Hawks played them back in, you know, when the Hawks did their thing. Um, 2015, that was an insane year by the, by the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, and Zegras is 20 years old. Drafted. Don't look what? now. First. Five spaces behind Kirby Duck. Uh, yeah, ninth pick overall, 2019 by the Ducks. And then uh, I want to look at Troy Terry, too, because I'm pretty sure. Terry was picked in, like, what, third round? Yeah, he uh, was in 2015. Back. Uh, fifth round, 27th oh, fifth pick. Round. He's had a really um, good year, though. He's such Troy, a sleeper, Troy too. Yeah, he is. If you he told is. me at the beginning of the year that Terry would have would be leading the Ducks right now, and actually, goals, effective, I'd be like, no way. Yeah, I mean, it don't look now, but the Anaheim Ducks. Those Ducks are going to be second so in the Pacific. To have, like an, so to have an Ellie Oop type goal where you just like pop it up over the net and then the other guy bats right. it. And, and the other guy just like smacks it. Uh, like we've seen it. the we've seen them pick it up and like drop it in the net. But that was that was definitely something they 
they uh, jokingly did a practice at some time because you don't just do that. You, you, you that's and they're like, oh wait, we're open for this. Let's oh, let's try it. Let's flip it up and someone just smacks it. Hey, we gotta go. Let's go. I'm so this excited. Is, this is just a the type of highlights these young players are gonna have in the next couple of years. It's gonna be great. Yeah, no, like you, you, it. The kids are alive and well. I know that's uh, something like one of the last NHLs was doing it. Like the kids are all right or something like that. A play on like the young guys in the league because that they're the obviously the future and i mean it's it's yeah i mean zegers that that kid's going to be something special kel mccarr he's been i mean mccarr is so good unreal he's 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 awesome who um, did he score on he went coast to coast like yeah he day. did yeah he, did you um, see that I play i did yeah it's like he was on rookie mode he went yeah, through no, the it's... entire team like it was nothing and he scored I, on uh, I, like a one-two fake or something I remember when he was brought up in the playoffs and, and no one really knew who he like it, like he was, I shouldn't say no one knew who he was. I mean, he, he was obviously a, a pretty highly rated prospect, but like, right. but no one expected he came in for the again. avalanche in the playoffs and no, yeah, right. No one really expected much of him, but he like, he kind of turned it on in that playoff series. I remember. Yeah. And since then, like people are like, all right, like this kid's going to be good. He's right. going like, to be really once, good. Once that playoff series ended, everybody, everybody, well, if you don't think this, you're lying. But if you, after that playoff series, you're like, this guy, this kid is going to be something. Colorado's this kid is going to be something. Yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah, that's another one of those players. And then uh, Kirill the Thrill up in Minnesota. Kirill uh, Kaprizov. Yeah, he's he's also pretty. Kaprizov pretty is good. like he's such a weird player. He's like a bowling ball. He's not tall. He's he's actually decently short, but he is a bowling ball in skates, man. Well, that guy has such. Because we're over like a quarter away into the season, everyone. Like when you look at the different teams right now, what's your biggest? Like I guess we we talked about it a little bit before the season, but who's your pick to win it right now? Like who's the team that's been surprising you the most? I guess. Well, I think that's two different questions that surprising Fine. me the most, and then who's going to win by far? Yes, and I'm by far the most surprising team. You I also what? say New York's say been this. very surprising. New York. I, mean, I want to say. Hmm. Who do I? I just want to make this, and I'm going to get crap for it. Go for it. Florida Panthers are winning the Stanley Cup this year. So wrong. Not going to happen. But I like. I don't it. think so. Their coach Florida is not going to win the Stanley Cup. Their coach is going to get outcoached in the, the first, like in the first round. I, I like. It, I don't think he's experienced enough to get that far. Fine, but, Pat. If, if you're if you're going to say skill wise, that... skill wise, yes. Skill wise, team team like roster wise, yes. They are. There's a strong chance they would win. If Joel Quinville cool. was still t- coaching the Panthers, they would win. But I don't. But I don't think they have the right coaching staff to get to go all the way. If, if, what if, you, are if you're going to say Blackhawk Andrew Burnett, yeah, Andrew, how, put some respect on the name. But I don't think he's. I don't. I think he's going to get outcoached in the first series because against the wild card come, team, just come in, huh? Against the wild card team, like I'm assuming Florida is the top dog. Actually, right, but like you got to remember, that. we thought Tampa Bay was the top dog before too, but they got smoked by an experienced coach and a big gritty team. But I do understand that sometimes that it is really just the players that win the game. But I'm telling you that if there's an experienced coach on the other side of that of that playoff series, I'm going to be very worried for the Florida Panthers. They're probably still going to win by skill alone, but I really think that coaching diff will be the main thing for them. They need to get an experienced person. Remember the Don't day you disrespect now. Andrew Brunette. Remember it. I will, because I, I still think <laughs> that there's probably still going to go decently far in the playoffs, but I just feel like there's going to be a time when he gets outcoached and the team yeah. is just matched. All right, Pat, I'm not looking. Go for it. <laughs> I take back what I said. You know who's won the Stanley Cup this year? Ooh. The second wild card in the Eastern Conference, the Detroit Red Wings. They're they're gonna drop you. They're gonna drop. <laughs> How are they even in Pittsburgh that Penguins? Because oh, that's another team that's been kind of shockingly good. Um, yeah, but I, have, I mean, but they've been, but like, on, but to be to be completely fair and real, like they've actually been been building something in Detroit too. I think oh, yeah, they're like a 100%. little bit behind them where the Ducks are. Like, I mean, plan, man. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's it's the, been a meme for so long. The eyes right. are playing, but it's but, true. Yeah. Look at the Detroit Red Wings. You're going to be contending for a cup in like two, three years. If yeah. That. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning. Eiserman built that entire team. It's Which, like you know what you're going to get with Steve Eiserman. 
Uh, which actually, I'm, I don't like Detroit, but I'm pretty going to be really good with this. You're actually getting to my sleeper pick to win the Stanley Cup this year. Um, it's it is it's a I wouldn't even call it a sleeper, but I know it's going to get some hate. Edmonton Oilers. Uh, no, I'm not, I. The Edmonton's going to compete. I feel like Edmonton could, be, <laughs> could we could win a series this year. But no, I'm saying the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to three peat. Oh my god! My gosh! Oh, hey. oh my god! Get hey. out of here! It's not happening. Hey, there's some there's some there's not some, happening. There's some stuff here for this one. Let me talk to you about it. They're um, only third place and. Oh God! No. You're gonna say only? They don't before with your sleeper picture so many times. I'm just gonna give you the benchmark that dealt this time around. All right. Um, let me say this. Last year, I said Tampa wasn't gonna win it. Um, I have a family friend down in Tampa, and he gave me so much crap after Tampa did win it. And I have to say this: I, if you can't beat them, I'm gonna join them. And this is their. This is this is probably one of their more depleted oh, rosters, man. but first round, if all, if all things go the same way, they're probably going to be matched up against the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's going to be a hell of a series. And yeah, um, I, I see Tampa. That was, winning next, that was my next question. That was my next question. Is, is uh, Toronto making out of the first round this year? Yes or no. Wouldn't yes. that be, wouldn't that be so fun to watch Tampa and Toronto face off and Toronto loses to the defending champs like that. Like, because you know the minute Tampa scores. I would prefer to see them lose to, like, the Red Wings. That would be fantastic. But it's not going to happen. Get get Detroit Detroit and the playoffs out of the same sentence. It's not happening. It's Mm -mm. Haters. (laughs) Haters are Detroit's motivators. Get Andrew Burnett there. Could just be a team underdogs. Hockey Hockey Town Town. USA, don't hate on Little Caesars Arena. Don't hate – on the Red Wings, I mean, um, but I mean, let who, me say, who, who, who's going to take them though? Like Columbus? Is Columbus for real? Is no. Boston for real? Boston oh, and Pittsburgh. Real, One of those teams is going to get there. Boston or Pittsburgh? Philly is Philly out of it for good? Philly's a lot of time has a yeah. lot of time, and they had the roster to get back. I think they will. Um, but let me say this about one more thing about the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're third in the division. You're going to keep, you're going to talk over. I'm going to mute you. Um, <laughs> they're third in the division. Mute him. But they, Nikita, uh, Nikita Kucherov has only played three games this year. They just go on autopilot. They don't care about the regular season. They are the Blackhawks. They're going to keep him on, on long-term IR. They're what the Blackhawks like, used to be. Like star uh, player. And then they're going to have 9.5 mil over the cap again. The Iser plan is still in effect there, even if he's not there. They, they still have, like, another cup to win. And I think nope. they're going to get they're to not. at least the conference finals, Pat. They're nope. going to – okay. Okay, maybe Battle of Florida happens. Panthers take over. Battle of Florida. Battle of Florida happens. We've again. already had that. That was such a good series. I love that series so much. Did it, did it end in six games? It's happened in this year, and the Panthers are winning the Stanley Cup. They're going to do it in six games, too. <laughs> Write it down right now. Six games? Six games. I don't know who they're going to face yet, though. I got to think about it. So, well, I'll get the official oh prediction God. out pretty soon. Maybe Minnesota. That'd be, oh, my God. Talk about a not good Stanley Cup final to watch for marketing purposes. That'd be so bad. There, no Minnesota. Yeah. Wait, actually, Minnesota would be full, but Florida, not really. Minnesota is "quote unquote" the state of hockey. Yeah, so, let's actually like, let's try and Dallas Panthers would be a Sun Belt Stanley Cup. Let's get like the worst. That. Let's get the worst matchup you can imagine for the playoffs with teams that are like in the hunt. So for the playoffs or for the cup? For the cup. Sorry, let's get like the worst matchup for the cup. Um, Out of the teams that are right now, or like yeah. So I feel like <laughs> Florida takes the pick, right? For the Florida for the East, East for sure. It's, yeah, it's the West that has some debate. Um, Florida, Dallas, Stanley Cup, like I was just saying, with the the NHL but, would literally shut it down. And be so I feel bad. like Vegas has the Vegas has the tiebreaker right now, buddy. So let's get uh, Dallas out of the conversation. Not a pick. Actually, on my NHL app, it says the Dallas Stars are in and the Vegas Golden Knights are out, but they are. You're not looking at. Are you, are you looking at row? Yeah, well, it's because the Dallas Stars played 22 to the biggest nice 24 games. Ah, and they have the same amount of points. Games in hand, baby. I was looking at regulation and overtime wins, uh, which is how we count but, it. Don't here. count the Kraken out, by the way. Don't count the Kraken, Kraken. and the Sabres out. 
Sabres are always in it. Now you're going to mention Vancouver. Like, what are you talking? Bro, you're going to say like Vancouver's going to start not up it. to the playoffs, go to the I will, final, and then I will be the say pick. the Coyotes are out of it. I will admit defeat on that. Wave the white flag on the Coyotes. Vancouver's still in it, eight points behind Dallas. You just win ten games, you're fine. Imagine they the Blackhawks though. Imagine only have eight, uh, only being eight points away from the worst team in the division, but also eight points away from being in the playoff picture. And that's the Chicago that's Blackhawks the, right now. Blackhawks um, aren't making the playoffs. I, well, Although, thanks, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to own it right here. I'm going to own it on this podcast. I said they would be the third seed in the central division. I'm owning that personally. I'm an idiot. So I own it like a man. I feel like you're Look adding me right out. now because I feel like I also said something similarly. But no, no, no. You, I said that they'd be the third seed in the central, and you're like, that's too high. They will probably be a second wild card. And I was like, fair, but I think they're just gonna have this breakout year. They had a breakout year, but the other way, it's the wrong way. I feel like I'll say this about the Hawks, and this kind of I think gets is a good segue to what we want to talk about here about the Blackhawks, which is, what do you do for the rest of the season? And for me, I feel like the past couple games, they've been competitive. And that's all I really want to see. I don't – like, they're not in a position anymore that they're going to just sell the entire team because they don't have a lot to sell. But at least they're competitive this year, and they can just maybe hope for a bounce back here next year. Like, are you I, – I feel like I talked to you a little bit about this, Pat, but yeah, trading Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, is that out of the realm of possibility? Like, what do you do from here, Jeremiah? Careful what you say because – People will freak out. Uh, but no, all in all seriousness, uh, like you're almost at that point. If you really want to get anything right now, anything for the future, you can you get some for Kane. You could probably still get some for Taze. It might be tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that, that's kind of like where we're at as Hawks. It's kind of crazy, right? We, like we kind of come in thinking like this season's going to be above average from what we've expected. And now it's like, like you brought up that interesting point, Jim, like trade Kane and Taze. And there's a lot of people who would say, you know, heck no, never. We're not doing that. But like, if you really think about it, that's basically the only option they have left for now because they can't even tank for their pick because it's not their pick anymore. Well, I feel like that you bring up something I really did want to mention. Forget about the draft pick. Forget about it. You know, you're not, you're never going to be able to tank to a point to just secure that top pick. And even if you were last, it's only like a, what, 20 something percent chance for getting it. 15 something. Yeah. 15, 17. So just forget about the pick and you know, you're cutting your losses there and it's, it's, it sucks to not having a first round draft pick when you're not really in the picture, but you know what? I like Seth Jones and I, I, I still feel like he's worth, worth it. Um, <sighs> fine. He's not worth the top five pick maybe, but, He's what it is. It's what it is. It's here. It's done. So you, I mean, you, obviously, it, people are it, right now. Seth Jones are the mm-hmm. top five draft pick. People are going to say no. But in two, three years, when this defense is hopefully yeah. and more than likely looking very good, you'd be like, like heck yeah, like so like, he totally is. Like it's just it's just a it's recency bias is a thing in sports, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just going to take a while for the Hawks to kind of do anything unless they like really want to get proactive and right now like the you know interim gm uh it's like what are they really gonna do well it's like so you let's say you try and trade flurry you try and trade maybe dahan you can trade yeah i've, I've Kubelik. accepted flurry's gone Kubel, yeah kubalik he's he'd be a good pick but even for Trim. even for all those guys you're not gonna get much you're not getting much because the, no. the market for Robin Leonard a couple of years ago was a second round draft pick. So welcome to Ben and another yeah. guy we don't know anymore. Um, so if we think we're going to get a lot for flurry, I really yeah. don't think, I don't think so. We're going to get maybe like second, third round pick second at most, yeah. um, maybe a prospect, but not a good one. Well, especially because it didn't cost us anything to get them minus $7 million right. in cap space. So, that one hurts, which is why right. to me, like, I don't want to see Patrick Kane on a different team. Me neither. But, but, but you got to look at Colorado too. Like, that's something I would like. But that, they also got really lucky with their trade. So what that's kind mean? of a tangent. 
like how they've treated Matt Duchesne and then jump-started their, you know, they jump-started their path to contendership, right? Right. They also got extremely lucky with that trade because Nashville also came in and added to that deal. But I don't think that doesn't happen often. I don't think it's going to happen again anytime soon. So I'm like, unless you get like like an astronomical deal for Patrick Kane, he's going to stay here. I don't think I don't think they're well, what, I don't like, think what Rocky do think? Words is that or Kyle Davidson is that stupid to sound out there their only guy that's bringing people to the United Center for something like a first round pick and a prospect. You know what? Fine. Just, you just you, you have a fair point. The Hawks aren't Kyle Davidson at the helm probably is not going to be able to trade Patrick Kane. But let's just keep but, talking about the hypothetical. Keep going. Pat. Right. Yeah. Like my my question is like, what do you guys think that Kane and Taze are truly worth right now separately, not together? Just like you, what are they worth? Taze, I feel like you don't trade him. Um, he's the cap- tradable. He's not tradable. You, you his, his contract. Just ask me. Well, fine. I asked you. <laughs> I asked you. Fine. He's tradable. If you hold half his contract, maybe you get. I feel like fine if you if you hold on half his contract and he's worth five million or something like that. You get a pick yeah. and a prospect. Yeah, each one yeah. not good, not a good tier. But I'd say that's something you do maybe towards the end of next year. Like you don't need. I don't think you do that right now, because um, I just really don't think the return would be worth much. And I don't think Taze wants. Like obviously, both these guys have those no movement clause, so it's something that they need to agree to. Um, which is why, yeah, it's a little silly to talk about, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, which Pat, Patrick Kane is the one I really want to talk about because I love him. I think he's uh, a great Hawk, but um, there's one team that really comes to mind to me that I think a trade could work with. I know what you're going to say. You know what I'm, who that is. I'm sorry. Do you, are you guys being sarcastic with that? Like, who do you think I'm trading? No, oh, no, said, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I was going to say the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, no, I'm not sounding. No, Ken's not going to go to. I'm sorry. But like, I know it's his hometown, yeah, but he's not he going told, to Buffalo. Dude, as, as he gets older, he's he would go to Buffalo 100%. No, no chance. Going home. I, he wants to play with for those owners. I, oh, fair. Those if, owners are... if I'm saying a team that he's going to go to, I think it's a big market team, a team pushing for a playoff spot or in a playoff position. And I think hmm. it's a team with one of his former players that he really liked playing with and someone maybe oh he was God. talking with. My gosh, here New we York go. Rangers. Here we go. The Rangers. He no. wants to play with Panarin. That's what Jim's trying to say. Hear me Jim out. Is only they do have a, a package, fan. though. They do have a package for him. I'm telling yes. you right now, Jimmy has been a Rangers fan since day one. I actually, I do enjoy the Rangers. But Jer- <laughs> I, Jeremiah. I'm also enjoying the Rangers right now. Jeremiah. Lie. I really like the playing style. Jeremiah just said it. They have a little bit of a package because they've had they so many. Package. They have, I feel like Patrick Kane, in my opinion, is worth a Capo Caco yep. or Alex Lafreniere. He's he's worth a top player like that. At least. At least more than that. And he's like, he, he, I think he's going to get a young, a young roster guy. He's going to get, a, he's going to get a prospect, like a, a good prospect. And he's going to get a first round, and he's going to get a first round pick. Yes. That's what I think he's worth right now. And maybe maybe another first round pick. So let's like say a Jeff, you, like a Seth Jones. Yeah. But more than Seth Jones. Like you need to like get an insane de- like package for him. But the New York Rangers can do exactly that. You can sell with the first round pick, like the third first round pick. You can just add in like Capo Caco, right? Like they have the they have the the um the pipeline for him too. They got the prospects they can bring him. They got roster guys they can trade who are young and can move on with the Blackhawks and their retool rebuild. So I do see that, but the Blackhawks need to retain a lot of salary to make that work. That's fine. We're just doing hypotheticals, but I'm just saying that yeah. like that not That's... only will you get a catastrophic deal for or not catastrophic, like uh like an atmospheric deal for Patrick Kane, it would be even more so because all that money you gotta hold back for that trade to work. So I think that worked very well for the Blackhawks, they can pull it off, but how this going to happen? I don't think it's going to really happen either, but I feel like that's the right route to go at this point because it's fair to the player. If you want to get anything worth it for the next couple of years, like, you uh, know, yeah. you, you have to move on. I, I, It puts him on a good team, and New York is it's closer to yeah. Buffalo, his hometown. Um, and it just – Right, true. He doesn't have to go play for that awful team. He can just be close to it. <laughs> he, he's closer to home. He's going to be in the state, so. Yeah, and – like the whole, he gets playing with Panarin again. I, 
I, I feel like as an NHL fan and as a Blackhawks fan, I could get behind watching him in New York. I could get behind. Oh yeah, at least it's yeah, not I could too. St. Louis or you know yeah. division team. Well, I don't want to see him in a Blues jersey. That that crosses off that other part of the like of a trade that would require for a player of that caliber. You're not trading him in in conference. You're trading him to the other conference. You don't He's want not going to go to St. Louis, Detroit, or Flyers. Yeah. So putting him like trading him to New York for that's the thing though is like if you're going to get that good of a package that we're talking about, Jeremiah. It's not going to be for one year. It's not going to be for like a trade deadline of Patrick Kane. It has to be a year and a half, which is what we would give them if we were to make a deal like that before right. the deadline. And it's you can add so much to your rebuild with Patrick Kane if you get it from the right team. But the problem with Patrick Kane is that if he wants to, like, if you want to get good players from that from that kind of trade. Patrick Kane's like going to accept a trade to uh, to a rebuilder because he says it's going to be like if I'm going to go to a rebuilder, why don't I have to stay here? Right, right. like I might as well stay here if I'm going to go to a rebuilder. Which is why I think tender. New York makes sense because they have so much in their pipeline, they have so much to work with that a trade like that should work. You know, um, I know like when we talk about a potential trade, it would probably be worth too much, and I definitely think I'm going to reach out to the guys from uh, Blue Shirt Banter the uh, is it no? What's the site? Yes, I'm going to reach out to the New York uh, Rangers fan sided site to see what they think a fair trade would be. They have 5.5 million in cap space. The New York Rangers. Yeah. Um, so they could make it work without retaining anything if they send off a good player. Well, no, I feel like it would be a. Like you get one of those top young players that they have, you get another maybe young prospect, get a pick for McDavid. All right, Pat. That's <laughs> I know can McDavid means too much to you on oil on white, but we we want we want McDavid. No, I that's actually a genuine question. I can't remember if we were talking about it on this podcast or if it was off air. Um, is Connor McDavid staying in Edmonton for his whole career? Do you think he'll be like a Wayne Gretzky? Because obviously he's already on that path to being one of the most generational players we've seen in he a long time. Is, man. He His highlight reel enough is... But, but like, where does he go next once his contract's up with Edmonton? Where does he go? Does he stay? It depends on who on what they do. good. And like, I think he's going to go to a young up-and-coming team. That's my, that's my prediction. I don't think he's going to stay in Edmonton. He's going to look at the playoffs, see who has the best... Um, position for him to go and win a lot of cups, like and like the Blackhawks, right? The Blackhawks in twenty in uh, two thousand nine, Marion Hosa went there because he knew if I go here, I'm going to win a lot of stuff because they got everything going for them. Well, Hosa like had already Davis moved. Do the same. Hosa had already moved a couple of teams at that point. Um, yeah, but it's still like I, I feel like that's that's the thing though because like Hosa went there because he wanted to win a cup. That's the reason why he went to Chicago. He wanted to win championships, and they were poised to win a lot of cups. And they probably should have won one more in 2014, but let's not talk about that. But I really think that Connor McDavid, if he does go anywhere other than uh, Edmonton at the end of his deal, he's going to do a Marion Hossa and look at the landscape of the NHL and then go to where he thinks he has the best shot to win the most championships he can in the time he has left. I, 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 I disagree. Because he, he's oil on white. I, I disagree. Um, this is such a bias input by Jimmy Lynch. Let's... I don't think it's that bias. First no, of all, I, no, no, I just, I, I, cause Jimmy, Jimmy actually knows a lot about, the, I mean, not, I'm not saying, try, I'm just calling you like, bro. like he what, what, but no, Jimmy, he watches a lot of the Edmonton games. And so I think I, I'd like to hear Jimmy's like, honest opinion because I'm just pulling your leg. Jimmy. Like, just, if, uh, if, just tell us like Wayne Gretzky, like it's kind of hard to believe that that guy, like you have like it's Wayne freaking Gretzky, like he moved teams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would think a team would want to obviously hold on to him sort of thing, but well, like in today's NHL, is Connor McDavid going to go anywhere? Well, Wayne Gretzky was a different thing. Cause well, let's, I, let's hear Jimmy's remember? opinion. Let's hear Jimmy's opinion. <laughs> I get to, can I defend myself or do you guys want to have the conversation? <laughs> well, I, well, I'm just saying that there's Pockington, but let's put that to after you put in your input. Wait, what, 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 what did you just say? Washington? Uh, the owner of Edmonton. They okay. had to trade him because of his financial problem. So let me but, say this. Connor McDavid. And, but after that, Connor McDavid is signed through the 2025-2026 season. Um, that is another 
four years after this season is done to win a Stanley Cup. If the Oilers have won at least a Stanley Cup by then, he stays in Edmonton. And here's why. I don't. I'm not. I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Well, let's, Jimmy, let's, let's let Jimmy. Let's uh, explain himself here. No, I'm just agreeing to. Uh, I'm, I'm just agreeing to that. I'm agreeing to that point. Here, I even if they if they got him close up to that point, he stays in Edmonton. If they continue to get bounced in the first round for the next four or five years, yeah, fine, he walks. Away. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to be the case because the group they have there is actually really good. Um, top six wise and with the defense, but like Connor McDavid is the Wayne Gretzky that they have now. Like he is one of their best. He's arguably going to be known as like Wayne Gretzky is the best hockey player, but Connor McDavid is arguably the most skilled hockey player ever. And like Wayne Gretzky was no, just the way he, he saw the game and the way he played, it was just on another level. And Connor, but McDavid it's also different games too. Just yeah. Like- different but, games it's, but mcdavid is excelling at it like him and right. Leon Dreisaitl are honestly two of the league's top players ever they are sure they are unbelievable and I disagree yeah um when you talk about mcdavid and whether or not he's going to move teams it depends on if they've won a championship which we already mentioned but the other thing is i don't know if you guys have seen it it's it's an espn like 30 for 30 type of documentary on the King's ransom, which was like when the Kings got Wayne Gretzky. And the biggest reason I feel like Connor McDavid is never leaving Edmonton is because Edmonton is never going to let a player like that leave them. Right. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Because you have, you have the ownership, you have the ownership, you have the hockey, the hockey management, the hockey ops management, both of them, if they know what's good for them, they are not letting him go. They are, holding on to him like he's their child, their only born son sort of thing. Like they, how would you ever let a player like that slip through the cracks? You're, you're not going any to. franchise that to do it. It would be Edmonton <laughs> as the joke, but no, seriously though, like it, it like a player to his caliber, I, I honestly think would stay there. I don't see, I don't see a world where he would leave. The one of the or bigger could, things, one of the bigger things with, um, Gretzky going to LA at the time was it, it was something that really kind of worked well for both sides a little bit. Like he Gretzky was waiting to re-sign his contract and the King, uh, the Oilers obviously could not sit on Gretzky without a contract. Like you need to re-sign with us. We're not going to let you walk away in free agency type of thing. But it, on the Gretzky side of it, it put him in a, a town where his wife wanted to go and also like it put him in a place that hockey wasn't as big and it instantly grew the game. Like there's right. an interview San Jose and Anaheim wouldn't it be, wouldn't be yes. here because he stayed in Edmonton. That's um, also true. But there's an interview. And also with- I want to clarify something as well with McDavid. He only leaves in free agency. They never trade him. If he leaves at all, he's going to go on his own merit. But I would say, I would say I that the Oilers that. are never going to let him get to free agency. Yeah, exactly. You're right. That's what I mean. Happen. Like the only time yeah. he will ever leave is if he chooses to bypass his extension and then go to free agency. Other yeah. than that, he's not going anywhere. And if, if they've won a Stanley Cup, he should not be walking away. Um, yeah, for sure. But like, so when Gretzky went to LA, it worked out for both sides kind of thing. They got some money back. And obviously it was just a very really weird situation. But when you talk to Gretzky now, it's like, well, do you think you would have won more Stanley cups in Edmonton? He's like, yeah, we would have won two or three more. hundred percent. We would have continued to dominate the league. We had it in place. It was a great team. They won him with, they won one without him. Just imagine what they would have done with him. Right. Mark um, Gretzky says the same thing. If, yeah. Gretzky, if they kept, kept the core together, this, that team would have dominated into the, into the nineties. Yeah. So like, they're never going to let McDavid walk away. And I feel like even if they haven't really won, think about Alex Ovechkin in Washington. How long did it take him to win a Stanley Cup? He stuck it out with that one team. When you have players that are that elite, they usually aren't moving teams. Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, Connor McDavid. He's in that conversation. Um, yeah, sure. If, if Connor McDavid wants to go and su- play someplace else, that's totally fine. But that's like a right. Matt Duchesne quality, like play. Right. That's that's not right. a. I'm just saying that the only time he would ever go anywhere is if he chooses to go. Other than that, he's not going anywhere. That that's my clarification on my on my point with him. 
Um, and maybe that also is the same type of argument for Patrick Kane. Like he's never going to be like, yeah, sure. I'll waive my no movement clause. Kane, right. like he, if he retires with this team and he does, if, if it just keeps like, he keeps scoring goals and doing all that kind of stuff, he probably will be known as one of the best Blackhawks of all time. I mean, he already is, but he could be known as the best Blackhawk of all time. He'll solidify himself as the top Blackhawk of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, Pat, I don't know how we got on this big of a tangent, but thanks. Oh, that's I mean, Pat's fault. It's good. It's good. Uh, publicity for oil on white. Which... But we are a Blackhawk podcast. So, I mean, you would, if you just tuned in, I'm not, or not live, but I guess if you got to this point, no, we are not an Oilers pod, but it's it's because the Blackhawks are so bad pod that we have to have talk about other hockey pod. So, <laughs> well, you know what? As we just kind of plug a little bit here, uh, check out theblackhawkup.com. At this point, uh, the site might look a little bit different. We have a little bit of an updated look. So, thank you very much to the fan sided higher ups. We always appreciate everything we get from you guys, and it's always fun working with you. And we're all very grateful for this opportunity. Which brings us to the other big thing fan-sided announced this past week. It's the um, everyone's favorite time of the year. The fandoms of the year is here. Um, there's a lot of fandoms on there. There's 100. Um, the NHL, no NHL teams made the cut this year. It's a sad thing to see. Blackhawks are not on there. Um, I probably would not argue for the Blackhawks to be on there this year with all this stuff going on. But let's, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, has anyone seen Dune? Now we're about to see how much. Okay, shaking their head. No, thanks. Do you guys watch no. Friends? Like, um, no. it's on there for one of Justin the most nostalgic dude. fandoms. Um, cultured. Ted Lasso. I really love Ted Lasso. Have you guys seen that? No. That that that's. I, I've seen like one or two episodes of that. You didn't watch it all. No. Oh, only murders in the building. Did you guys see that on Hulu? All right. I'm bringing on, I'm, we're bringing on a contributor next week. Cause I got to find someone to talk about this. Um, check out the <laughs> fansided.com phantoms of the year. It's um, a lot of really good phantoms on there. We got the Sopranos um, star Wars, the bad batch. I'm a really big star Wars fan. So it's great seeing that on there. Um, my girlfriend would be mad if I didn't mention WandaVision. She really liked that show. Uh, fansided has a lot of great work and I hope everyone's checking out the entire network. Cause there's a lot of, great people out there. So, um, yeah, I feel like overall, if the Blackhawks played again today, it was great being at the game. Um, I was, this was my first game this season and, um, just kind of being back in the stadium was really interesting after not being there for a long, long time. So yeah, it's thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back and have a great night.